The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Hats and Minded in 2022. It's going to be a great year. I mean, we, we know 21 ended and, uh, well, there's a lot of drama going on when we're recording this, So, but, but we'll take that on a whole other episode. Uh, we're here to talk about the organizational players of the month and uh, it's the young ones sticking up this time again, isn't it? There's no one else left. No, <laughs> but yeah. no. I mean, this is this is a good a good thing for the organization, right? Like, if you look at the Montreal Canadiens right now, and if the best player on the team was somebody like David Savard or Cedric Paquette or or something like that, that'd be that'd be bad, right? Like, you you want it to be the young guys to step up, and and that's um, that's what's happening. They're, they're getting an opportunity, and they're. They're, they're running with it, which is a good thing. As you can hear, we have Jared Book and Matt Drake with us. And uh, yeah, if you look at it from the from the bottom and, and has it really taken three years for or two, two and a half years for Alexander Romanov to, to mature into this system or has he been um, used differently? I always say he's used differently compared to what they did in the Seska, but, but he is the organizational player of the month and, and we have been waiting for him to become that, but what has made him stand out this time? Confidence, what? I think. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's my one word answer, Matt. Matt, you can go ahead. <laughs> I well, I agree. Confidence, like the fact that he's getting consistent ice time, right? I think Pat, you've talked about this before, right? When when they had him up uh, last year, for example, and they weren't really playing him very much, like he's defensemen need to play, right? The it's the oldest saying in the book: the goaltenders take the longest to develop defensemen after that and forwards are usually ready by the time they're like some of them are ready by the time they're 17 right you don't get that with defensemen they need to play and i don't think he was getting enough consistent ice time consistent uh partners obviously he's not getting the consistency in partners right now because it's impossible to have consistency on that front but he's getting consistent ice time and the fact that he's out there skating is allowing him to build that confidence. You know, when he's getting pulled in and out of the lineup like he was last year, it was hard for him to get into a rhythm. And now you're seeing him get into that rhythm. Uh, you're, he's, he's number two right now among all NHL defensemen in hits, which, uh, you know, hits are not a great stat because what's the one thing you can't have in order to get a hit? The puck. But well, you can do an offensive hit, and we've yeah. seen Peter Forsberg and <laughs> Alexander Romano yeah. do that quite a few times anyway. And what we're what we're seeing with him, um, Jared brought it up before. It's like it's gonna be fun when we have Caden Gooley and Alexander Romanov on the blue line together. It is gonna be a nightmare for other teams to cross the Canadians' blue line because one of those two guys very often is gonna be there to meet you at that line and meet you violently. And he does it clean, which I really love. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of you know borderline even hits from him. So I think Jared's right. It's confidence. He's getting the ice time and now he knows what he can do and he's, and he's getting into a rhythm and he's, and he's comfortable out there. 
Yeah, I mean, TSN is showing, you know, old world junior games because of obviously the tournament being canceled. And I happened to be watching the 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 2020 gold medal game, which was Canada-Russia. And you just watch Romanov, the way he played, the way he attacked the offensive zone, the way he attacked uh, opposing players, the way he played with the puck. And you just see that confidence. And it, it, it's been a while since we saw that at the NHL level. And yes, you know, you're, you're taught to not make mistakes and that's their way to get back in the lineup. And, and I think that we're finally starting to see what he can do. And, and, you know, I was, I was a little low on him after his, his season last year. And, and I just needed to see a bit more. And, and I think that we're seeing that now. And part of it is because they don't have anybody else, but part of it is because Dominic Ducharme obviously is, is able to trust them. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not really many NHL players on the blue line, but I think he's, he's probably playing more than Brett Kulak. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, and, and he's just being there. He's playing on the penalty kill. He's, he's, he's there in all situations. And, and, and I think that that's, that's going to be good going forward. I mean, he's still young, right? I mean, he's still really young. And, and I think that that's part of the growth and part of the, the, the maturation of, of a player. And, and I think that he has the tools to be a very good player. And, and, and look, I think I've talked about on this podcast before, but if all you get from this season as a Montreal Canadiens management or, or fan or whatever is steps forward from Suzuki, Caulfield, Paling, and Romanov, that's a good season in my book. So I think that that's, that's what you want to see. And, and Romanov and, and even Paling are, are, are stepping forward so far and, and any others are, are, you know, biding their time, but I, it, you're allowed to have downtime, right? Like no one's expecting, you know, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield to produce miracles at this point, And that's good. The pressure's off. And even Romanov, the pressure's off him, right? So you have the, the mixture of playing more and no pressure. And, and what you get is, is the, the perfect chance to grow. I remember watching him in decay. And uh, one thing I, I was there was a lot of comparison and I, I always think that the comparisons with, you know, you, you have to find another Russian that plays like him. I always think that he's played more like a, a Yalmarsson kind of player. Oh no, not a Yalmarsson, a Cronwall uh, kind of player. And he seems to be going into that role more and more here with the team. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see if he can uh, keep delivering these hits as clean and hopefully also stand up on his own blue line and, and dare to do that whenever Montreal is in the offensive zone, because that's not very often with this team. Um, but yeah, looking, looking at, you know, we have an honorable mention as well. And uh, it's, it's someone that we already mentioned in passing though. It's uh, David <laughs> Savard, right? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, there were struggles, right? Uh, there were absolute struggles. And I think people are wondering, is he going to go in the direction of Ben Chirot or Carl Osner, or is he going to go in the direction of, of Joel Edmondson, where, you know, one got better as, as the year went on and, and one really didn't. And I think that he's going in the good direction and he's proving to be a player that can, you know, right now he's the number one defenseman. You don't want him to be your number one defenseman, but, but at the same time, he's, he's playing well. And that's, that's good because they're paying him, a significant amount of money for a significant amount of years. So, uh, but, but I think that it's, it's a good thing that, you know, look at his goal against Tampa the other night. I mean, that's, I, I don't know mm. the last non Jeff Petrie defenseman to play a play like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that it's, you know, you're not going to see that every day from him, but I, I think that he's settling in. And, and I think that that's a good thing again for the team going forward. Look, 
look, you know, wins and losses at this point don't matter. They just don't. So you're looking for little things that you can build on. And, and the Canadians are, are getting that from, from Romanov, from Savard, from guys like Ullinen and, and, and Harvey Pennard and, and guys getting called up. It, it, it's, it's positive. And, and that's what you want to see going forward. You know, it doesn't really matter what guys like, you know, Corey Schooneman or, you know, even guys like Kiel Clegg and, and, and Sammy Niku, like you, you want to be able to find some guys, right? You want to be able to find future players that you can keep on the NHL roster. And, and that's, that's what the, that's what the goal is right now for Montreal Canadiens. It's evaluation, whether you're yeah. Jeff Gordon, whether you're Dominic Ducharme, whether you're the players, you're being evaluated right now by, by the new management in, in, in tow. And, and that's, that's what you're playing for, right? It's a fresh start and let's see what you can do. And, and it's, it's the more players that they get positive things from the better it is for them. Yeah. And I I've ragged on, uh, on Savard quite a bit myself personally, because, you know, early in the season, he really didn't look good, but he's started to look a lot better. And like you said, you know, it's either, are, are you going in the Carl Osner direction or are you going in the Joel Edmondson direction? And right now he seems a lot more Edmondson than he does Osner. And realistically, when you look at his contract, especially when you view it through the lens of what other defensemen got during that off season, 3.5 million is, is nothing, right? So you don't need him to be a, a top defenseman in the NHL at 3.5 million per year. If you're Jeff Gordon and you're the new management team, whoever Jeff Gordon hires coming in and evaluating that, you're going to look at that contract and you're going to go, well, you know what? That contract looks okay right now, as long as he's not actively hurting the team which he, you know, in early on in the season, he kind of was, but not really. And now he's looking a lot better. So if you look at that 3.5 million, again, within the context of what other defensemen are getting throughout the league, you, you look at that as maybe a bit of a bargain moving forward, especially once the cap starts to go up, that 3.5 is, is going to be pretty easy for you to swallow and, and for you to build around. Yeah. And also we, we, we need to, you know, it's great to see this development and, and, as you mentioned with Romanov, I think it comes back as well. He gets to play a wee bit more. He gets to to play in those situations that he might join, uh, enjoy more. Um, and that builds that confidence as well. Yeah, and, and I think that you're just getting used to a system, right? And and the more players that, that leave the Canadians lineup, the simpler the system gets, right? And And... And this is not necessarily uh, a knock on, on Dominic Ducharme, but it's just when you have to simplify things, these players have talent, right? That's why they're in the NHL. That's why they're getting paid millions of dollars, like David Savard is. Like, he's not a bad player. It, it's just, you know, there's certain circumstances that that make, that don't put you in the, the best situation, right? So I, I think that, and that goes for, you know, everybody, even the, the call-ups uh, that are, are make, getting time in the NHL, they're not bad hockey players. They're not as skilled as the top-end players, obviously, but they're not bad. So, you know, you, you, you keep it simple and you, you give effort and, and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to look too out of place. And just note that I'm saying this before the game against Florida, <laughs> so don't, don't hold it against me. <laughs> In, in in 38 minutes time <laughs> yeah. well we're going to continue and uh, actually i'm going to make a jump into the um north american prospect of the month joshua why you know he's been in the queue uh sherbrooke phoenix uh he leads the team some points 17 goals 30 assists in 27 games what's that 
That's 1.5 game point per game average, more or less. And uh, he had eight points uh, in, all, in six games in in uh, in the queue, and uh, most most of it was uh, due to the fact that he went to Team Canada's camp for the non-finished World Union Championships. <laughs> he might end up making that team <laughs> in, in, when they replay it. Um, but no, I, I look what a story, right? Uh, I mean, th- this is look everyone who bangs the table to say just draft local kids, draft guys from Quebec, just draft them. Th- this is this is the poster child right here, right? I- imagine if he was doing this and somebody else picked him in round five, right? Yeah. You know, the, the the draft would be even more of a disaster than it already has been for the Canadians. So, but but I mean, th- this is why you you want to draft in your backyard, right? I mean, just you know, they know the players and they obviously knew that he had some potential. They knew why he may have struggled early on in his Q career. They knew why he asked for a trade and, you know, credit to the player. The player is also stepping up and, and development goes both ways, right? Look, you're not going to develop into an NHL player, even if you have the best development staff in the world, if the player doesn't give their effort and, and vice versa. Right, the player can give everything, but if the if the entourage and the and the, the support isn't there, they're not going to do it. So having both together is is absolutely necessary. And and credit to Joshua Hoy. Look, he was he almost seemed embarrassed that he went in round five of the draft when the Canadians drafted him after the draft leading up to the season. And look, he has turned himself into a player, and and that's a testament to him. And look, what a parting gift from Trevor Timmons and Mark Bergevin. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's another one of those like later round steals, which unfortunately was like the mark of Trevor Timmons, you know, tenure with the Montreal Canadiens is that he did a lot better in the later rounds, it seems, than he did in the earlier rounds. Um, but what a pick, right? Again, like you mentioned, like they knew why he asked for a trade and obviously it was the right decision for him to ask for that trade. Like if you read scouting reports on him, um, most of the scouting reports talked about him being a shooter, right? I've watched because I'm lucky enough to have uh, to, to be in Quebec. And so they televise some of the junior games out here. I was watching one of the games. I was looking at how well he passes the puck. And I'm like, I thought this guy was a shooter. When I read scouting reports, what I'm hearing is he's got a great shot. This guy's a shooter. He likes to shoot. He's 30 assists this year in 27 games. He's a playmaker who just happens to have a really good shot. If you watch a, a Sherbrooke Phoenix game, I guarantee you at some point, you're going to see him make one of those passes that's like, Nick Suzuki-esque in terms of, you know, you, you see him make it and you're like, how did he, number one, see that player to even think about making that pass? And number two, how did he get it through all those sticks and skates? He's, he's a really accomplished passer and he has a shot as well. So, uh, you know, I was upset when he didn't make the, the World Junior team. I thought he should have been there. But in retrospect, maybe it was better for him because obviously the tournament ended up getting canceled. So he didn't have to travel and, you know, do quarantine or whatever and risk getting COVID out in Alberta. And uh, he gets to keep playing in the queue. But like this, this could be uh, another like Brendan Gallagher style steal for them uh, if he continues on the track that he's on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you look at you look, he's a first overall pick in the QMJHL, right? Like, y- yes, you know, the, you know, scouting at 18 years old is is a, is a very inexact science and drafting him at 16 is even more so. But you look at the guys behind him, Zachary Lerreux, uh, what was it, Riley Kidney, who obviously Montreal drafted as well, Zachary Bolduc. 
you know, there, there's a bunch of guys who are in that draft. Zach Dean, who was uh, drafted pretty high in the in the NHL draft. You know, there's a lot of guys there that that have talent, and and he was right among them, and and seen as the best prospect uh, at 16 years old. So the the talent is there, like Matt said, and and he's putting it together. And and look, he's quickly becoming one of the best pro, uh, prospects in the organization. I mean, like we if we're gonna give continue to give uh, Trevor Timmons some some credit here, we got two goalies coming up, and we have joked a little bit about you take the biggest goalie that is left in the draft at the late point, <laughs> in, in in the later stages of it, and uh, we got Caden Primo uh, as AHL prospect, and we got Frederick Dijsow uh, in in Europe, and and let's start with the smaller one. Because I think that's actually Caden Primo at six three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Primo had a lot of questions, right? I mean, he got called up to the NHL for a bit, didn't play all that well, got sent back down once Jake Allen uh, came back from his injury. I almost said COVID protocol, but that was an injury. Now he's in COVID protocol, and and now Primo's in COVID protocol as well. But it, Primo had questions to answer, and he he got off to a pretty slow start in the AHL. Both he and Michael McNiven struggled. You know, at a certain point, Kevin Poulin was the best goalie in Laval, which is not what you want. But right before getting called up in December, he went 4-1-1, and 2.5 goals against average, uh, save percentage that was, uh, you know, right right where you want it to be, a 9.29. So, you know, he played well and then got called up and played well in the NHL when he did get called up again and get a chance. And, and look... He's a guy who is, I, I don't want to say he's the heir apparent and like everything lies on him, but look, the more goalies you have, the better it is. I mean, look, look at the organization right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you need goalies at some point, but I, I think that, you know, Primo had questions to answer and he did. And, and Laval has been playing much better. They've been getting good goaltending. They've been getting great play from a lot of players who are now in the NHL. And and it's a credit to, to Jean-Francois Hull. And look, I don't know when Laval's next game is, it's currently scheduled for January 5th. It's a home game. We know leagues have been postponing games in Canada. Uh, Trois-Rivières in the ECHL had their games postponed, their home games. The NHL obviously has as well. So I don't know when Laval will play again. But, I mean, I- I'd be curious to see what Jean-François Hull does with his lineup, which is um, basically an ECHL lineup at this point. But, mm. you know, credit credit to Caden Primo. He had, he had questions. People were, were asking about what he was going to do, you know, whether he was – uh, a bust, which as a seventh round pick, I don't know if you can call him a bust, even if he never plays another NHL game, but uh, you know, he's been playing well to his credit. And, and look, this could have been Raphael Harvey Pinard. This could have been Brandon Gignac who who had a great month in, uh, in December for Laval. Laval had a great month. Everybody, Alex Belzil, you know, we, we were, we were very, I was wondering when I was compiling the stats, whether we'd have the same player as AHL and NHL player of the month because there's so much cross overlap between the two. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good month for Laval and, and Primo was a big part of that. Yeah, and you know, his, what, three games with the Habs so far this season, uh, I looked it up, 904 save percentage in, in three games with the Habs. On this team, on this Habs team, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So you, you look at, I, I think the, Everything you mentioned about Laval um, with the way that he's playing uh, on that team is great. And then when he gets called up to the Habs, I mean, he's he's making some pretty stellar saves. A 904 save percentage on this team, I think, is pretty damn good. Um, so, look, I mean, is, is he the heir apparent? 
hard to say. I mean, if, if he really comes on and makes big strides this year and, and next year, he might want a starting job sooner than it's available in Montreal. So he might ask to leave for all we know. Right. But then maybe they get some assets back for him. I don't know. I'm spitballing here, but, but it, but it comes down to the next player as well, because if, if you exactly. look at it, someone that had questions that needed to be answered. And he certainly did because I, among others, uh, also counted him out before the season. But uh, so, so Frederick Dishow, uh, the gnome at 6'5", uh, that's a big tall gnome. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, you, you do realize that there are other prospects, and I've actually forgotten the goalie prospects. I'll, I'll see if I find them in a second. But I mean, like there are a few other goalie prospects as well that are making some good impressions in the leagues that they are, are performing in. Uh, and this means, I mean, you're not going to reap in super rewards for a goalie in a trade, but you're going to get something back. And and if you, uh, again, spitballing here, the, the fifth round pick for Dishaw or 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 the seventh round pick for Primo might might in the end be another fifth round pick or a seventh round pick or, or, or fourth round pick, but it's not going to be, you know, two first overalls or something like that. Uh, but yeah, Frederick Dishaw, I was lucky enough to see him in two games as well. And he posted a shutout uh, in, in both, which he joked that I should uh, come visit more often. Uh, the first one was incredible because he actually saved 50 shots. Um, I think there might have been a few too many for, for the shot counter there. But um, big, big guy, um, very gentle, a gentle giant in many ways. Um I can see I was there after the game and he went out and spoke with the kids and signed a few sticks, et cetera, et cetera, being very keen to, to pay back and show the, the kids what it needs to be, uh, to, to become someone and tell them about his training. But uh, everyone else, I mean, like he's put in a lot of work when it comes to his mental stability, because that has been a problem. And I think that he also put in this extra work when it comes to the gym and everything. And if you listen to, to the other podcast that is attached to this article, there you you will hear his coaching. He can't he should not be as Danish as he is. And for us in Europe or in North Europe, Scandinavia, we know what he means, but essentially translate that he needs to become a little bit more focused. He is there doing the work every day, but he needs to be even more focused, maybe a little bit more with food. Uh, a little bit more with exercises but the strides he has taken in a year where he never really played a game for yeah almost a year and a half is incredible and as, as, as you probably heard or seen me writing in the EPRs um, the discussion is already ongoing where he will play next year be it in AHL or being in SHL Canadians and Dijon are, are talking about it and see what openings there are and what role they can can expect from him and he will go where he gets to play the most so we'll have to see if that is in Laval and, and obviously we have to know what happens with with Caden Primo and and everyone else at that point but uh, yeah it's 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 an interesting prospect again and uh, well he's he's running around uh, with the others here even if the competition hasn't been stellar but you know he's he's won it in October in November and December the big question is can I win it in in January with Matthias Norlander back in Sweden yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting I mean I mean it feels like you know that for so long there was there's really no prospects and then 
you know, there was always that the one prospect, you know, whether it was Romanov or or before him, Lekkinen, you know, one guy that, or even Norlander, where one guy was kind of overshadowing the rest. And now it's it's a time for kind of some of the other guys to to step up a bit, and 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 we're seeing that now with with obviously Norlander in North America for the first part of the season, and and so many graduates, and it's it's good to see him stepping forward because uh, otherwise there wouldn't be too much for Patrick to talk about. So it's, it's, it's a good thing that there's some, some success over in Europe right now, because uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, other than Norlander, there's, there's Olison and Kapanen, right? That's, that's pretty much yeah. it. And, and the two Russians that we barely <laughs> right, see anymore. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, one's in North America anyway, right? One of no, the Russians? No, no, it's three Russians, but. Uh, oh, three, three Russians, one, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, right. Gordon and uh, Sobolev. Yeah. Oh, no, not Sobolev. No. Um, the other one, yeah, Kostenko, Kostenko, Kostenko yeah. yeah, yeah. But but on the other hand, I mean, like the fact is that before the season started, I had Dishaw more or less in the same bracket as Jacob Olofsson, and yeah. look where he is now. He's not in that bracket. <laughs> I mean, look, look at Michael Pizzetta, right? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I said I said this on the last podcast. It's it, this is probably the best year for the uh, the the long shots of the top twenty five under twenty five we've ever seen. <laughs> so it, it's, it's going to be tough uh, ranking the, the prospects after this year anyway <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i mean 20 of them are going to be in the nhl right so yeah. um, <laughs> um but no it's 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 it, you know look we we get it there's not much to smile about in the montreal canadians organization right now there isn't right it's it, it's 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 not uh but you know when you can have these positive aspects it's you take it where it is right and and it's that's what we have to do right now Indeed it is, and we're going to round off here because we got 23 minutes to go before the fantastic game between Montreal <laughs> oh, Canadiens and Florida Panthers. Hey, Cam, Cam Hillis is making his NHL debut. He was probably low in the, tw- in the top 25 and the 25 too, wasn't he? <laughs> Cue the hat trick um, from Cam Hillis. Cue the hat trick. <laughs> I, I when, when was he in the top 25? He, was, he must have been in the 30s, I would say. Um, probably. Yeah, it's what, what a world we live in. Michael Fazetta. Raphael Harvey Pinard, Cam Hillis, all in the NHL. Corey Schuneman. Uh wow. Feel, feel and, the and fever. And no, Frederick actually, don't, no, wait, leading, wait, leading, don't, uh, don't catch the fever. That's the problem. <laughs> and Frederick Tishov leading the uh, Hockey Alsons gun in goals against and save percentage, if I remember correctly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, he, no, he, no he, pressure. He got some time in the SHL too, right, Pat? Because nah, he was, was, uh, he, was uh, he was just the second goalie, but he was, yeah. uh, he was, uh, he's on the radar. Yeah, and he he was asked by Rugler who to to come over and be their second goalie as Kalle Klang was in in World Juniors. Uh, so yeah, it, I mean like he's on the radar. We I already knew he was on the radar. Uh, obviously, Rugler keeps tab on him, uh, which you know is the team that leads Sweden and the SHL right now. So if they have their eyes on him, you'd be sure that all the other teams has as well. Anyways, um, good luck Captain for tonight, Hillis everyone. Twenty four, by the way. Cam Hillis is number 24 in top 25 and the 25. All right. Well, so he's not a long shot then. No, he's not a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> but uh, when uh, when you listen to this, the game has probably finished, unless you're listening to it while the game is happening. Uh, you know, um, they're going to be on a... Montreal is going to be on a long... Um, what do you say? Postponement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a bit. Uh, and, and uh, yeah... I'm not sure what to expect from this game, but be sure to listen to Matt's uh, bottom six minutes later tonight or, or, <laughs> or early tomorrow. <laughs> it should be a good one. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. 
stay safe and happy new year So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.